and they all go off today, so I have to eat as many of them as possible. How many are left? Four. Four yogurts left. I've got four peach yogurts. I only bought peach yogurts, so I have to eat four peach yogurts by midnight, or <laughs> they're cursed. Mate, you've fallen victim to the yogurt industrial complex. They're just trying <laughs> to keep people buying yogurt. Like, you know, it literally never goes off, right? It, it must go off. It says it on the lid. It says I've got until, I've got until today. No, they yogurt found goes off. Tombs that's uh, still good to eat. No, that, that's definitely not yogurt. That's honey. Yogurt's yeah. like don't yogurt's listen to it. Acceptable to it because it's it's all like living. dairy. Yeah. So, well, no, but it's rotten milk. Like that's it's already. Yeah, but nothing goes bad like dairy, and so I've got. It's already today. gone bad. It's undead. <laughs> don't <laughs> listen to him. It's gone bad. He's trying to, to very very slowly poison you. I'm not eating these toxic yogurts tomorrow. I'm a, I am very strict about best before dates. And welcome to the Electronic Wireless Show, the Christmas 2020 special, little short one this week, just to tide you over while uh, while we're sort of away over the seasonal period, uh, and then uh, we'll be back again in the new year. But uh, we thought we'd just come in with a little Christmas miracle <laughs> miracleette for you. Uh, this is Rock Paper Shotgun's PC Gaming Podcast. The only podcast you need, in my opinion, and that's the opinion of me, Alice Bell. I'm joined this week by Hark Corrigan. <laughs> Hello. And Borsan Wells. Hello. I'm very <laughs> fond of heavily flavoured cream cheese. <laughs> wow. It's, it's like his ghost is in the room with us. <laughs> is this, yeah, I, what? What Orson Wells are we going for? Are we going for like the third mat, like prime of his life, or are we going for like the champagne advert? Uh, I'm thinking of his final role, which was Unicron, the Planet Eater, and Transformers. Oh movie. yes, of course. Unicron, the Planet Eater. With a name like that, you're kind of you know you haven't got a lot of options open to you, have you? No, yeah. If your parents name you that, they've definitely got a. A path in mind for you, haven't they? You're either going to be feared by everyone or going to be a massive letdown. <laughs> uh, anyway, for our little uh, chat out today, I thought we'd talk about first, you know, first of all, the games we're going to be playing over Christmas, uh, and then maybe a little bit about our Christmases. Like, what time do we have Christmas dinner or lunch? When do we do presents? What's yep. the structure of the day, you know? Oh, nice. Um, just, just to, yeah, because I feel like everyone has a different, you know, how do you cook your sprouts? That was always quite a contentious issue in my family. Uh, so just a sort of nice, relaxed, little Christmassy, little Christmassy chat today. 
Mm. Um, so what? I mean, I over the break, I'm going to play some Cyberpunk because that's just the the most current game I have at the moment. I can say the most festive game I can think of. <laughs> no, yeah, it's not the most festive, um, but it's just, it's the it's you know it is what I am playing right now, um, and it I. I'm not enjoying it as much as many people, but I'm enjoying it enough that I do want to keep playing it. Mm. Uh, I'm going to put a bit more time into Valhalla. I'm going to try and put a bit more time into Immortals Phoenix Rising. So I'm going to do some Ubying. Mm. Um, and I want to play, uh, is it The Call of the Sea, which came out this month? Oh, yeah, I've been playing that. Yeah. Because so, I thought it looked sort of like the sort of game I might like. And I feel like yeah, it's been lost it's, in the cybering. It's very solid, is my verdict. Like a... <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> like, a, like a Christmas pudding. <laughs> uh, it's, like, it's like Christmas TV. It's kind of solid. It's there. It's sort of mm. inoffensive. You're not going to love it. You know, it's probably not going to you know, fit anywhere else. Yeah, it's fine. You know, it's like a What's Christmas EastEnders. What happens in it? What type of game is it? Um, sort of like a, a first-person puzzle adventure. I, I, a bit like the puzzles are a bit like Mist, but you have full movement of walking around an island. So, I don't know, a kind of a slightly cartoonier version of The Witness. I don't know. Maybe does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. And you're. You're like a woman and her husband has gone missing on an island. Yeah, so she sort of chats away and, and you kind of pick up the story as it goes along. It's quite it's quite handsomely drawn. It's got this sort of um sort of nineteen thirties kind of plucky sort of pulp uh adventure kind of heroine type vibe to it. Um Yeah. Oh, it's fine. I'd say the puzzles weird. don't like blend in too well with the environments so it feels mm. like quite an artificial puzzle game to me but I've, I've played a few hours of it and quite enjoyed it is hasn't it got something lovecrafty about it as well mm. does it I, I mean every game says that these days <laughs> yeah it does though weirdly it doesn't sort of lean into uh, the, what i've played it anyway doesn't lean massively into it and it's it's like I said, it's quite broad and pulpy in terms of she's like on an island. She's like, I'm going to find my husband. And I don't know if the mm. vibe of it is that it has this sort of veneer of of sort of friendly adventure, and it's actually going to be a lot more sinister underneath, maybe. But mm. you, yeah. you, you shall find out as you play it over Christmas. Well, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> what are you going to be playing over Christmas, Matthew? Um, I after. Cyberpunk, it put me into it gave me a real appetite for other open world games that I like better. Um, so <laughs> I've been playing I've actually been replaying uh Red Dead 2 on PC. Um yeah. using a using a mega graphics card to pump it all up to you know mega beauty. Um which is very pleasant. I like that guy. I've played I've played the opening half of that game probably three or four times now, but I still really enjoy it. I like the shooting. And every single time I do a little bit of role-playing, but I always do exactly the same role-playing. Like there's a certain gun I want to buy and then I'll customize it and it'll always look kind of the same. 
I buy a very similar outfit. I like to look very dapper. I kind of, I think I actually mentioned this in my review of Red Dead on, on RPS. I try and dress mm. up as Cy Tolliver from Deadwood. Yeah, um, absolutely. With this sort of very nice sort of red sort of velvet kind of coat. Um, I'm kind of going for the dapper Western assassin rather than the kind of grubby bandit. Um, yeah, but I okay, do yeah. every single time I've got, save files for the character who looks exactly the same um but i really enjoy that little loop of saving up enough thieving thieved money to buy my expensive clothes now that's interesting because i i I cosplay as the road from deadwood um e.g loads of muds Uh, my cowboy (laughs) is just sentient filth so I quite like that, though, the idea of saving for clothes. I still yeah, need to play the nice. game. I was loving it. I don't know why I stopped. It is, oh. it, is, it is long, and it is just going up to places and shooting everyone. But I find that world a lot more uh, d- like detailed and lived in than, say, cyberpunk. Like It, it reveals a lot. Mm. It re- if anything, it reveals the gulf, and it makes you appreciate. Like I know that they've, they've got you know, all their shady crunch drama of their own. But like what Rockstar do is on another level. And I feel like Cyberpunk was maybe a bit, it could have been a kind of a, an entry to the Rockstar big leagues um, for CD Projekt Red. And there's then like, this is, this is something else still, I think, in terms of like polish and just how much mad stuff there is there. Um it is really good. I've taken to a, I've got I've developed a very sinister habit of uh, when I do bounties. See, so they give you bounties and you go out and you you, you hogtie them and bring them back. I always yeah. bring them back alive. I'm very good at that. Um, but before I put them in the cell, <laughs> before I put them in the cell in the police station, uh, I in Valentine, I go into the high street and I throw them about so they get covered in mud. <laughs> <laughs> So I cover them in mud first, then I put them in prison. Um, which probably, That's so weird. That is weird. I know it probably says more about me than it does the game, but um, I sort of... Sorry, I, I was just imagining you like, if, if, if Arthur Morgan talked like you and, you know, you were making your bid as for why they should give you the bounty and, you, you know, you were just like, well, I always bring them back alive. I'm very good at that. <laughs> yeah. uh, alive, but dirty. <laughs> Uh, well, because the thing is, when you catch them, it's your family crest, like a shield with your face staring emotionally out of it, and the words "I shall persecute the weak" inflated on it. But they're villains. You catch them, and you have to put up with all this nonsense on the ride back because they're there going, "Oh, if I ever escape, I'm gonna gut you," and all this kind of stuff. So I just like to I like to give them a little bit of the old mud treatment before um, they go to prison because that will that will dry unpleasantly for them. Uh, <laughs> so well, they don't react. It's not like that. It's not like they're like, no, I'm all muddy or anything like that, which would be amazing if they did. I mean, that would really I'd find that, that very satisfying. Or if the sheriff's <laughs> like, God, these are so muddy. These bounties. Um, why are they so muddy, Matthew? Why are they so muddy? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's so that's what I'll be doing this Christmas holidays. I'll be I'll be t- torturing virtual prisoners. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> uh, what about you, Nate? <sighs> what what games will you be partaking of? Maybe you can help me. Um, I'm in a rut. I'm in a real rut. I, um, I don't think it'll be any secret to listeners that I, uh, I was off the air for a bit. I needed to take some time off. Um, I, I put down, I tried to spend as much time away from a screen as I could. And the only things I went back to play were Age of Empires 2, which I'm obsessed with, and Hearthstone, which is uh, an addiction. So I'm now finding it, I, I found it really hard to pick up anything new again. Um, so if there is anything you think I might enjoy over the break, why, why don't you each pitch something to me and I'll, I'll, I'll have a I'll have go on it and report back. Please. Have, have you played Desperados 3? Uh, I played the first couple of levels. I really liked it. Um, and I've just remembered I've still got it installed. You should play that. That's real good. Lots of rooting to in action. Uh, you don't get to throw people in the mud, but that's okay. You do get to time up though. That's quite good. Um, lots of cool That's cowboys. Lots of variety. Very calming. I like it because it's when I played that for a review. It was when COVID lockdown was all kicking off, and that is a game about just sort of restoring extreme mechanical order to this kind of chaotic <laughs> world. It's very, very satisfying. <laughs> Lovely. That's uh, a really good shout. I can't mean to go back to that. I, I, um, I still think Immortals is very good, especially if you've got an child. Um, because yes. it's a game that you can really happily play with a young in around or in the room or with them. It's bloodless. It's very colourful. It's fun. You know, it's bright and bouncy. Uh, I think it's a very enjoyable video game. Mm. I do. Not afraid to say that. <laughs> is that now? I know this is the forbidden chat, but is it on? Um, it's on PS4, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Only because I can't. Yeah. Uh, I can't play PC games with ye child around because my PC is in my office, which is uh, essentially. Uh, it's a bit like sort of a wet version of the Nostromo from Alien. It's this sort of dank <laughs> death trap of uh, of electricity and knives and fish tanks. Uh, so I would have to play on the ELD console downstairs. But yeah, that that's on on. Uh, I think it's a it's a lovely family friendly game, even though it's not necessarily aimed at young children. Um, I think that's a good one of them. Um, oh, if you've got the Game Pass, did you ever play Gears of War 5? Uh, no, actually. It's really good. It's, really? it's good, Honestly, it's, it's good fun. Yeah, it's... it's it's. I, I don't know where you stand. I, I think you you like Gears, don't you? I can't remember. Yeah. Um, well, United Gear Tactics. But I've always had a soft spot for the... What I'm going to call the mythos. I just yeah. I find it all adorable. Yeah, this is well, this 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 one's good. Four, four, I wasn't mad about, but five, I really really liked. Um, and I just keep coming back to it. For big spectaculars like that, yeah, I just love watching long plays on YouTube of people playing them 
Oh, well, you'll have to say, yeah, you, you can equally enjoy it, enjoy it that way. But um, it's, oh, it's a game I keep seeing things. people discover on social media and saying, like, oh, actually, this is all right. And I'm like, yeah, it is. Mm. <laughs> I want to see gigantic boss um, battles and all that. Has it got all that business? Yeah. Oh, it's got it's got some pretty it's got some pretty big big boss baddies. Yeah. Amen. There you go. Um, well, do you want? Should we chat a little bit about our Christmases then? What? Because I always think it's quite nice to hear about what other people do. Um. Because Christmas can be an incredibly stressful time and it's even more stressful because you're supposed to be having a lovely time. So mm. there's a lot of pressure. Um, but uh, so my... Okay, uh, isn't it for everyone? Yeah. Um, so, but my Christmas, so we like... Uh, last year I went to my mum's. She forgot I was vegetarian. <laughs> uh, and so... <laughs> And so everyone had, I had obviously had all the trimmings um, and everyone else had turkey. And then I had a little ramekin of um, uh, cheesy pasta from the night before (laughs) (laughs) on my plate in place of turkey. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. Uh, This year, probably doing turkey, uh, doing Christmas in our flat. Nice. My partner is not a vegetarian, so we're gonna have some some turkey, um, and we've got a corn roast as well, mm-hmm. um, and I'm gonna do some experimental sprouts. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna like uh, black. They're gonna be like blackened sprouts with um, cursed. Yeah, cursed sprouts with. Uh, Pomegranate and uh, walnuts. Oh dear! I've got an absolute. I knew, I knew you'd hate that, Matthew. <laughs> just people who put fr- like fruit doesn't belong in the main course. It just—it's a dessert. It's not a main course. It's, like, it's sprouts. It's sprouts, but it's like people who put raisins in everything. It's like why does everything have to be so sweet? I bet you've had stuffing with apricot in it. I don't know. I, I don't like fruit in, in, in outside of desserts. Oh, Interesting. Nate, you had a sprout recipe? Yeah, well, no, I mean, I'm, forget that. I'm just going to condemn Matthew. This is like my, um, my stepfather-in-law, otherwise a brilliant human being, um, who went down in my estimation maybe 85% when he said <laughs> that meat and fruit never belong together. Like... Uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, it's just food, isn't it? You know, it's good. Um, just, yeah, does that mean you never have like you'd never have apples or cranberry sauce? No, that, yeah. You see, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't make a, as big a rule as as that. Like, there are certain. I think there are certain things which you can specifically allow, but generally, gen, generally, oh, I would block fruit from it, from my meals. Backsliding the titan of no, logic. No, no, I'm not. You're right about. <laughs> but you're right about apple sauce. But that's. You with poor corner, but that's something slightly different. Oh, it's Thanos realizes he can feel love after all. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want everything to be, and I don't really go. Uh, listen, I'm saying those are acceptable. I personally wouldn't use. I don't put any fruit sauces. The only sauce I go for with meats is mint sauce with with lamb. Um, I don't do cranberries or any of that nonsense. Um, I just don't want any. 
any of that European. <laughs> I just don't want fruit mixed in with vegetables. I don't want everything to be sweet. Oh, fruit, fruit mixed with vegetables sounds a bit French, if you ask me. No, it's too sweet. It's oh, sweet. this might be the classic Boars movie. Well, what, what, what about tomatoes then? They're a fruit, don't you know? Oh, we, uh, listen, it's this, they're not this. <laughs> oh, it's the sweetness. My sweetness. I don't what want raisins. I don't want pomegranates. I don't really what want about? nuts in there. I don't want nuts in the mix. Like a big crunchy what? thing in the middle of it all. What about when? But you can't like texture like crispy potatoes. You got to mix up the texture a bit. There's a big like if anyone can make a roast potato that is as hard on the outside as a nut, like that can't be done. That's an uncooked potato. Smash well, back to the sweet thing. I just where Matthew's just waiting till everyone's not looking for sweeping his Christmas dinner into a plant pot, and then it's two in the morning. has gone to bed. Just cut to him opening up the secret fridge where there's a, a transparent bag of perfectly colourless paste that he just <laughs> through a tube and then emits oh. a single monotone sigh of satisfaction. Gosh. So with, like, what about, like, American-style breakfast where you have, like, maple... maple oh, I know, see, I do go for that in a big way. Yeah, so... But that's breakfast. Most breakfasts, oh, I eat sugar anyway. Like, I just don't want it for the main meal. I like the yeah. vegetables to be really pure. This is, I want, like, this is I want, I want pure the- carrots. I want pure sweet. I want pure broccoli. Uh, maybe. Do you, do you separate everything on your plate and then take a little bite no, of one thing at a like time, it. like a child? I don't feel like, I feel like the vegetables are enough by themselves to kind of really... Do, do the heavy lifting. I don't think they need to be jazzed up just because Nigella Lawson tells you so. I do a lot. Nigella Lawson told me so, but that's nothing to do with it. No one in their own dream chooses to combine these things unless a celebrity chef tells them. No one's just like, is- no one's like, you know what? I've got a load of carrots here. I'm just going to take. Like a load of freaking tuna from my cupboard and tip it in, see what happens. Yeah, that is Nigella Lawson is the perfect centrist dad reference to make there, isn't it? Other chefs <laughs> are available. Alice, I'm going to give you no. my, my sprouts recipe now because it might make Matthew just go berserk. Um, okay, yeah. So it's really good. It's you fry the sprouts with yeah. um, halloumi and dates. It's a killer. Um, if you're a meatsman, you can put a little bit of smoked bacon in as well. But it's, I'm not going to lie, the dates really, uh, really make it. And uh, Matthew will hate that because they're, yeah, they're just I, essentially I, sugar I, lumps. I will say, dates, dates I don't eat, not, not because of the, the, the fruit rule, but because of the, um, the negative connotations of when they were poisoned in Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Whenever I think of dates, I always think of that dead monkey, and it just puts me off eating them. When did that happen? You know, when, it, when, when in, the monkey's eat, someone poisons his dates, and then the monkey dies, and Indiana Jones throws a date into his mouth, and Salah catches it, and he says, bad dates, points to his dead yeah. monkey. <laughs> oh. But that's what I think of. That's because my introduction to dates was someone poisoned a monkey with them. So I'm like, oh, I, that's quite a hard thing to shake. 
If I was in the dates industry, I'd have been furious when that film came out because it's like this Big is, is going to take years to get past the the now embedded <laughs> catchphrase "bad dates." Just doing doing these incredibly lavish adverts, saturating daytime TV. We're like happy primates scoffing back to dates, and you know being shown living happily a year later. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Nate, what are you sort of, because I feel like you would have an interesting Christmas dinner. Like, do you do it sort of in the style of an orc or something? Uh, (laughs) We might actually do the Lord of the Rings thing over the break. Um, We're also contemplating working out a Jurassic Park one, which should be interesting. Um, For uh, listeners who are unfamiliar, uh, each March... Me and Ashley do a a Lord of the Rings trilogy watch along uh, where we eat either the exact food that appears on the screen whenever it appears on the screen or a representation of it where it's something like, you know, Gollum eating a worm. Um, So, yeah, that's uh, it's pretty intense. Um, If you search for there and snack again on Twitter, (laughs) you'll find it. A lady just did one of her own this week. Actually, it was absolutely outstanding. so yeah, do check that out. Might do that over the holidays. Uh, for actual Christmas dinner itself, uh, we uh, because we're in a childcare bubble uh, with Ashley's folks, uh, we're going to have them over. Um, they're actually going to stay over on Christmas Eve. I'm so excited because it'll be the first time I've had anyone stay this year. I'm just like yeah. child level excited about it, uh, which is making Christmas very special. So I'm going to get up because, you know, I'm an early riser. So I'm going to get up yeah. and make an early breakfast. We're going to have uh, pigs in blankets for breakfast on Christmas Day. Because a lot of people have them with the turkey. But um, if you are a meatsman, they're, they're the best bit, really. So I'm just going to have them for breakfast. Pretty great. Mm. And the other thing I always have for my breakfast, um, because my mum got it for me as a present one year. Uh, because she had run out of ideas and she was a teacher and was running a school trip to the science museum. She bought me some of that freeze-dried ice cream. You ever have that? No. Oh, yeah. I bloody love it. It's like the stuff that fell out of heaven to feed the Israelites um, in Exodus, <laughs> I'm pretty sure was freeze-dried ice cream. It is so good. Yeah, actually, you know, if some astronauts had travel back in time and the ship had burst, um, there you go. That might be what happens. But uh, it's so good. And mum got that for me one year, and I just thought it was the best thing. And now, like, you know, even though mum's gone and stuff, I still, someone still sources a pack for me every year. Ashley's oh. done an amazing job of rustling some up, so I'm really looking forward to to that whether it will be the uh the neapolitan is the king of varieties but uh <laughs> the mint chocolate chip ain't bad oh that sounds great that's good that's a good uh specific to you tradition to have as well mm. me, me and my boyfriend are trying to come up with ideas for traditions the one we've had so far is that because he insists on uh having a starter with our christmas <laughs> meal Right. I looked up what's the easiest starter to make. 
Um, and it uh, potted crab is a really easy one. Right. Because um, you can make it the night before as well. So I'm, I'm breaking the vegetarian rules. I'm not a vegetarian anymore, basically, because I'm going to have potted crab on Christmas Day. Um, mm. But uh, we've decided that our tradition is instead of like stirring the mincemeat and making a wish <laughs> when we make mince pies, on Christmas Eve every year, we're gonna we're gonna have potted crab every day on Christmas, and then Christmas Eve every year, we'll stir the pot, the crab mix <sighs> before potting it and make a wish, and then we'll force our children to do it like it's a real tradition, so that like when they're like nineteen, twenty, and they're out getting bladdered on Christmas Eve, they'll have to be like, "Our oh, lads have got to get home by ten because <laughs> we're potting the crab tonight." That's nice. Well, clearly, you can imagine how much I approve of that. Yeah, I, I thought you might, yeah. Love that. Well done. Thank you. Do you have anything like that, uh, Matthew, like a, a uh, tradition? Our, our Christmas is pretty pretty traditional, um, pr- like pretty pretty straight. I mean, because I've got quite young brothers and sisters. You know, my youngest, not anymore, my, young, my youngest brother's now 18, but there's still quite a gap between us. So for, for a long time, we still had, like our Christmas was kind of the same as when I was a child until quite recently, like we were still doing mm. stockings until, you know, a couple of years ago and everything. So traditions like that, I really miss having a stocking because there's nothing else that sounds or feels quite like it. I don't know if, if you did stockings, but we used to, you know, it would often yeah. be like an old PE kind of hockey sock stuffed yeah. with stuff. And it, it just makes this noise, this sort of noise of all the things sort of rubbing against each other in the stocking and it's got a very unique texture to it that only a stocking has um so i, I quite like that um very big that into like the a really pure sp- version of a fetishist's description of something <laughs> <laughs> that's the noise um, a stocking can make <laughs> i uh well i when i um because uh, I, I like Christmas a lot, I'm quite I'm quite sentimental about it. Because I, I I proposed to Catherine on Christmas Day, um, and it, but I put a the the kind of ring at the bottom of a Christmas stocking was the kind of was was the oh, thing. Oh, that makes that last anecdote really nice. Yeah, I like see, I like stockings. Oh. I've got quite an emotional attachment yeah. to them. Um, uh, it was quite funny because I didn't want to just put it in because we, we often have a chocolate, we often have an orange or a Terry's chocolate orange at the bottom of a stocking. Mm. And um, so I put it inside a Terry's chocolate orange box and wrapped it up, which was great because it meant I got to like eat a whole Terry's chocolate orange, <laughs> uh, which is like, just a rad, a rad experience. Um, yeah, Catherine doesn't what? like Terry's chocolate oranges, so it was a bit like... Oh, that's okay, was, that's like, weird. Oh, well, you know I don't like these. And then you're like, yes, but you, know, you might like this one kind of thing. Oh. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's my slightly um, sugary Christmas story. Um, my sugary What's Christmas story this year is that I've got a very bad tooth. A big piece of it broke off a couple of weeks ago, and I had to have some emergency dental work, and my dentist... <laughs> In a mal-wham! <laughs> yeah, a mal-wham really? snapped a piece of my tooth out, yes. I can't believe I was defeated by a mal-wham, my oldest friend. Uh, and uh, <laughs> the dentist was like, tooth, it, like, it needs all this work. He was like, this is all the work we're going to have to have done on it, and it's really expensive. He said, you could have it pulled out, but, you know, that's just a, 
you know, that's that, that's that's not as good as trying to fix it up from his opinion, of course, because he wants me to spend the money on all the work. But I've decided that, ah, screw it, that teeth's going. So this Christmas, I'm just like waging war on it. I'm going to bombard that tooth. Because it's like, it's, it's like the last hurrah. It doesn't matter what I do to it. It's gone. So I'm just going to like, I'm going to pummel it. I'm going to eat so many miniature heroes. I'm going to drink so many sugary drinks. It's just going to be... A- you know, you, you have other teeth, though. Yeah, they're fine. They're fine. Yeah, well, they won't be if you, like, drown them in Dr. Pepper. It'd take longer than that to do any permanent damage. This tooth is so much further along than the others. Um, I just want to show it. Mix it with your vegetables, mate. That'll uh, speed it along. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. No, no, no. Um, so, yeah, I'm really going to... I'm just. I'm gonna take this this tooth on like a an amazing sort of farewell tour. Um, I show you. The world. <laughs> it's gonna be like <laughs> Elmer and Louise driving off that cliff. It's me and the tooth. Um, yeah, because I probably have to give up a lot of sugary drinks in the. New- That's the downside. The dentist is like, you know, if you carry on eating all this sweet stuff, this is going to be the fate of all your teeth. And so your teeth will die. So I, I'm probably going to have to have to change my diet quite substantially next year. So this Christmas is kind of like this is it. This is the big one. Wow. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, R.I.P. Your teeth, Matthew. Oh, um, finally, I I want to bring the conversation back round to sprouts because uh, my family always did the boiled sprouts. Yeah, classic. traditional. Yeah. Matthew approves, but there was always a big uh, debate about whether you should put a cut in the bottom or not. And if you did, should it be one single slice or a cross? And this was always very fiercely debated by my parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles. So yeah. So what would you do to a sprout? What? What? I don't know what it does, but we have. The, we have the cross on them. Wow. Is that Intr- like oh, oh. applied, you know, just to, to excise any flavour from them before you put them in the giant gamma sterilisation chamber? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> poor little b- Don't have a chance. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, I don't uh, know why, why we do this, because, you know... I don't, I, I must admit, I, I'm not that involved in the cooking of the Christmas dinner. So I do the washing up. That's the deal. Uh, I see. Okay. Well, I mean, I think it's allegedly so that they'll cook more evenly and more quickly mm-hmm. in the water. But I, I don't know if it made a difference because they were always overcooked anyway. So, um, but Nate, Nate, did you, would you ever boil a sprout? I. Will probably not surprise you by saying that my method is to put them all in a big tray, wooden tray, mm. uh, get my big heavy iron cleaver that looks like something a Warcraft orc would use, and then just smash at them all for ages until it's um, just sort of shreds. Mm. So you, you shred them first and then fry them? Yeah, I, I cannot bear sitting and chopping individual sprouts, let alone putting crosses in them. Just go bananas with a cleaver. 
Just go bananas with the cleaver. I, I Words would, to live by. <laughs> I would also say I actually prefer Boxing Day dinner, which is where we take is all the bu- is all the vegetables cooked in a bubble and squeak from the day before. Oh, very nice. Bubble uh, and squeak and cold day meat. Was- our Boxing Day was, yeah, we would all meet up again with bits of cold meat, basically. My grandmother made us call it Carcass Day because it's when you pick at the carcass of the turkey. Jesus. Oh, I love, that is my favourite bit of like a big family <laughs> Christmas. I've got quite a big extended family and uh, it's since I've been an adult, it's been my job to sort of um, butcher the turkey, basically, um, mm. once it's after Christmas Day to get all the meat off it for pies and curries and stuff. And it's yeah. a big, big family. It's a big turkey. And uh, uh, just standing in a cold room while everyone is off watching a film or sleeping or something. And I'm just there uh, just, just dismantling a bird in my hands. And I always eat the heart. Ooh. It's Ooh. Do you feel like, do you role players like Daniel Plainview? <laughs> I feel very much like him. Yeah, it's uh, I, I I do like turkey organs, and no one else goes for them. So uh, jokes on them when I get the gizzards. <laughs> well, what a lovely image to end the Christmas special on. <laughs> I am actually <laughs> old, aren't I? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I assumed there would be some sort. Of- <laughs> I just want to add: should my. Yeah. Uh, stepmum be listening to this podcast which i don't think she will um i really like her vegetables with with fruit <laughs> that's uh that wasn't a but i wasn't a dig at her <laughs> i quickly um disparage the entire profession of dentistry again just for the benefit of your uh, your family as well yeah, yeah. dentistry is not real it's a scam matthew you've been uh, <laughs> taken in by a huge fraud tooth will be fine Oh well, teeth aren't even real. <laughs> nah, say that's a big Maoam fueled hole in my gob. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you very much for listening to the Electronic Wireless Show this year, uh, Shergar's Heart Squad. We've loved every minute. Uh, we've loved you listening, and we hope you have, uh, you know, happy holidays, uh, Merry Christmas, seasons greetings, and a happy New Year. Um, uh, and uh, that 2021 is better for you than 2020 was, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds uh, right. Yeah. I didn't plan for Christmas recommendations, but, um, but I think, well, yeah, we'll just, we'll just oh, wish oh, everyone oh, a fun day. Oh, oh. <laughs> that was Jolly St. Nick. Oh, I th- <laughs> So Nick, thank you for dropping by and and uh, wishing big oats to our listeners. Um, yeah, remember to tell your friends uh, to listen to the Electronic Wireless Show in the new year. And next year, we're hoping to have even more podcast fun for you. Um, just a little teaser for you. Uh, but for now, at least, it is goodbye from me, Alice Bell. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Hark Corrigan. Goodbye. <laughs> And it's goodbye from Borsan Wells. Ah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Famous quote. <laughs> <laughs>